Okay, so we have been in a series of things that block us from hearing from the Holy Spirit. We know the enemy always loves to distract us. This morning he wanted to distract us. He wanted to discourage us. Take us off the path of what God wanted to do here this morning. We've also seen that an attitude of gratitude makes a big difference, doesn't it? If we go around in despair and gloom and and agony, it's agony on us. That's really where it's at. If you remember, I put that uh, song up. You know, gloom, despair, and agony on me. (laughs) And so last week, I began talking about what God wants us to do, and that is to trust him, no matter what. If he doesn't answer our prayers the way we expect, I want you to know that he has the answer to all your problems. He is the answer, and he has all the answers. He's bigger than all of our problems. Now, sometimes some of us may have, at certain times of our life, feel like there's a vast army coming against us because we have all these problems all around us. We have all these circumstances all around us. And this is what was happening with King Jehoshaphat. So I started just a little bit of 2 Chronicles 20, 1 to 4. So I'm just going to review a little bit of that and take you into the rest of the steps. All right. Now it happened after this that the Moabites and the Ammonites together with some of the Meunites came to war against Jehoshaphat. Then it was reported to Jehoshaphat. A great multitude has come against you from behind the Dead Sea, beyond the Dead Sea, out of Aram, which is Syria, and behold, they are in Hazakad Tamar, which is Engedi. <laughs> I don't know if I'm pronouncing that all right, but then Jehoshaphat was afraid. And he said himself, Now they're coming to him and saying, There's a great army coming after you, Jehoshaphat. What are we gonna do? So he knew that he had to seek the Lord because he's his vital need. And even though he had a human fear, because we are human, right? We have fear. But he had to hand it over to the Lord. And he proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So the people of Judah gathered together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from all the cities of Judah to seek the Lord longing for him with all their heart. That's the key. Longing for him, the Lord, with all their heart. They got major problems coming here. But the people come together and they unite. And that's God's church where he wants us to be today. To unite with each other. Yes, the enemy is out there. Yes, there are a lot of things going on. But are we going to love each other and unite with each other? That's where it's at. God had helped the Israelites defeat the enemies in Israel when King Ahab's son, Ahaziah, was king. Now the enemies outside Israel are rising up against them. All these enemies are rising up against them. But God had helped them defeat them before. What are you going to do? Are you going to look back and be discouraged? Are you going to look back and see what God has done in taking you through those things? How he has defeated the enemy. Think about your lives right now. 
Think about that past of how God has gotten you through in areas that you didn't think you were going to make it. So last week I gave you some steps to take in trusting the Lord. So today we're going to finish these steps. In verse 3 it says, Then Jehoshaphat feared, and he said himself determinedly. We have to have determination. It's not easy to stay on the path that God wants us to be. There are many things that come along. It's not easy to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit because there's many distractions. There's many things that happen in our life that cause us to get discouraged and to feel down. So we look at the fear that King Jehoshaphat had. But he didn't stay in the fear because he decided that he would proclaim a fast. So step one is to seek God immediately for your situation. Not wait. I've heard people say, well, I've tried everything. (laughs) I guess I'll just pray. Come on. Just pray. Prayer is the most powerful thing that we get to do. Not that we can do, we get to do it. A holy God wants to hear what we have to say. A holy God wants us to come before him and bow our knee and surrender to him. A holy God wants us. Think of that. Just as it's so important to have healthy food, it's so important to have spiritual food. And if you don't spend that time with the Lord and get into his word, you're not going to have that spiritual food. And that should be our vital need. Step two is Jehoshaphat proclaimed a fast for all of Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Uh, There are times that we've had situations that are really weighing uh, things that we need to pray for people, things that are very serious. And we've gotten together and we have united and fasted. And I've said to you, seek the Lord how he wants you to fast because he speaks in all different ways to each person. So notice the people came together. Jehoshaphat didn't have to go and drag them in. They came willingly. They came together. And that is so crucial because they were not only united with God, they were united with each other. And that is like the anointing that drips down Aaron's beard and runs down his cloak. The Bible says that in Psalms 133. I believe this is the heart of God for his church. Instead of fighting each other, I hear so much fighting, so much bickering, so much against this person and pointing the finger at that person and judging this person and criticizing this person because they're not thinking like we do. They're not like us. But you know what? They're not supposed to be because we are created in God's image and we are created unique. The Bible says we're peculiar people. What's that tell you? (laughs) We are peculiar. We are unique. God created us this way. Look around. We're all different looking. (laughs) 
We're all different personalities and temperaments. We are all created in God's image. Now, fasting is denying our flesh to seek his spirit. That's what fasting is. In other words, whenever God has called me to a period of time to abstain, maybe from coffee, chocolate chip cookies, <laughs> that, that's my big deal, <laughs> TV, uh, or something in my life that I'm doing, I'm starving my flesh. And what am I doing? I'm feeding my spirit to hear clearly from God. I want to be more in the spirit in this world than I do in the flesh. And I keep asking God, Lord, I want to be more. I want to be more in the spirit. When I'm walking in the spirit realm, oh my goodness, I don't look at all this around me. I'm focused on him and him only. Now, it doesn't mean that the things that he tells you to fast are wrong. It just means that he wants, this is what he's asking. It's just a period of time of obedience to God and getting more connected to his heart. He wants to be connected to us. It's kind of like um, we had trouble with the uh, internet connecting. When it finally connected, whoa, we had worship. Thank you, Fred. I don't know what all was going on, but I know, you know, well, whatever. We had worship. And God wants us to connect with him. So in verse 5 to 6, it says, Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord in front of the new courtyard and said, O Lord. God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? What did he do? He focused on him. And he's telling him, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over the kingdoms of the nations? Yes. And power and might are in your hand. There's no one able to stand against you. No one. So step three is Jehoshaphat acknowledged who God was and his power and his might to fight the enemies. We don't have to fight the enemy alone. God is right here beside us fighting the battles with us. We co-partner with him. How do we do it? We give it all to him. He's faithful. He's good. He's merciful. He's full of grace and full of mercy. Jehoshaphat wasn't looking at what his army could do. He was looking at what his big God could do. Who's going to win the battle? God. When we look at what we can do, our power's limited. When we look at what God will do, his power is limitless. So the question is, whose power are you looking at? yours or God's and then we come into verses seven to nine our God did you not drive out the inhabitants now he's remembering you know you did all this you know you drove them all out before your people Israel and give it for to, forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham didn't you give it over to Abraham didn't you drive them all out yeah you did and they have lived in it and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name's saying. 
if evil comes on us, or the sword of judgment, or plague, or famine, we will stand before this house and before you, for your name and your presence is in this house. Is his name and his presence in this house? Yes. And we will cry out to you in distress. So when we have situations, we cry out to him in distress. And we're not going to say, I don't know if you're going to hear us or not. But they said, and you will hear us and you will save us. See, they're positive. They're not looking at the negative. They're saying, God, I remember when you did this. I remember how you got me through. I remember how you saved me when I was out on a path that I didn't belong on. But you got a hold of me, and you brought me in to be with you. And so step four is Jehoshaphat recalled and reminded God of what he had done for the Israelites before. God had driven out Israel's enemies before so he could do it again. So what in your life, think about that. What has God already done in your life that you have watched him? It was no way that was going to make it without him. And maybe you're in a situation now and you wonder, how am I going to get through this? Think about how he's gotten you through in the past. That's what they did. You see, when I'm in a hard situation, that's what I look back on. I look back and I say, you know what, this isn't too hard for you, God. Because back there, it looked really hard too. But nothing is too difficult for you. Nothing is impossible for you. And many times we want out of the situation. We're like, get me out of here. I don't want to be here. And God says, I'm not going to take you out. Because I've got a plan. I've got a purpose in all of this. And I'm going to take you through the rivers and you're not going to drown. And I'm going to take you through the fire and you're not going to be burned up. And think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. In the fiery furnace, but there was a fourth one. Jesus was in there dancing around in the fire. Wow. Is he not here with us? Yes, he is. And we are here for such a time as this and for his purpose, not our own. We are here for his plan and his purpose. Step five is recognizing the sovereignty of the Lord and knowing that he has a plan for our life. In other words, stop trying to fit God into your plan and allow him to place into you his plan. See, when it's not comfortable, it's difficult. <laughs> this isn't my comfy zone. <laughs> I'm out of my comfort zone. So many people are out of their comfort zones, but that's where God wants us. Esther was there for such a time as this, and she was out of her comfort zone. And that's what happens. But she had to stand strong, and she had to accomplish the plan that God had to what? Free the Jews, the Jewish people. She had a high calling. We have a calling, a high calling, every one of us. We're all called to be disciples. 
We're all called to go out there and minister and touch the darkness out there. The Bible says that God dwells in thick darkness. That's the light. We got the light inside of us. And we can take that light out there in that darkness. Galatians 4 says, But when the time arrived that was set by God the Father, God sent his Son, born among us of a woman, born under the conditions of the law, so that he might redeem those of us who have been kidnapped by the law. Thus we have been set free to experience our rightful heritage. What is our rightful heritage? We are sons and daughters of the Most High God. We are his children. We are his heirs. An heir is someone who holds the right to receive a property, a position, or title of somebody else when that person dies. In other words, when our parents, some of our parents have already joined the Father in heaven. But we as their children inherit everything that they own when they leave. And when Jesus suffered and he died on the cross, he took all the punishment that we deserved. He told us that he had to join his Father in heaven so the Comforter, which is who? The Holy Spirit would come. And when we accept Jesus into our heart, the Holy Spirit comes in, which brings the kingdom of God into our heart. And see, this is, this is where they had to focus on. They had to focus that God was there for them, that he had a plan. Now, they didn't know what it was, so they go into this fast. And they want to hear from the Lord. Verse 12 says, For we have no power to face this vast army. What's that mean? We have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Maybe you have some situations right now that you don't know what to do. I have some situations I don't know what to do. But my eyes are on him. And when it's time, he will tell me what to do. And he will show me what to do. So step seven is not trying to figure out, and this is what we do. We try to figure out the hows, the whys, the whats, the whens, and wheres. And verse 13 says, All the men of Judah with their wives and children and little ones stood there before the Lord. They gathered together stood and wanted to hear from God. What are they doing? They're waiting on the Lord. Now, do we like waiting? <laughs> we don't like waiting. We're in a microwave society. We want the answer just like that. We want the answer to our problems. We want the answer to our prayers. We want it right now. It's like, give me patience, but give me right now. <laughs> I want it now. And a waiting period is hard, but that is where God develops our character. He makes us stronger. We can either run away from him or we can run to him in this waiting period. We live in a world where even today we have smartphones, 
and smart TVs. If we need answers to something, we just click on our phones and ask the question. The phone does the searching. Think about that. Or we click on Google and we ask and we find out our answer on the internet. So how do we wait on God when our flesh is screaming like a two-year-old saying, I don't want to. <laughs> Isn't that what a little two-year-old? I don't want to. But in Exodus 14, 13, Moses told the people, fear not, stand still. You know what that means? Firm, confident, confident, and undismayed. And see the salvation of the Lord. He will work for you today. Moses told the people, this is, he's here. He's going to work for you today. Don't be dismayed. Don't be upset. He's here. And then Romans 8.31, what then shall we say to all of this? If God is for us, who can be against us? You know, you can say that as a, as a de declaration. God, you are for me. So who can be against me? I don't fear man. That's what the Bible says. Don't fear man. If God is for us, do we really believe that? That he is for us? And see, in this waiting period, when we don't have all the answers, that's the hard part. We're there like, God, are you listening? Do you really care? Are you going to answer this? Lord, it's been a long time. This has been years. And what's he saying? Just wait. Just wait. And I think about a play that you go to. And you're in the audience, and each scene is different, but you're waiting for the last scene because you don't know what's going to happen in the last scene, and you're really excited about this last scene. But you know what? Here comes intermission. <laughs> and you don't get to go right into the last scene because you got intermission, so you got a waiting period. Now, you hear a whole bunch behind the curtain there, you know, you hear them moving furniture all around. You hear them kind of chuckling around. And, you know, they're moving things all around. So you know something's going on behind the curtain, but you can't see it. And that's the way it is in our life right now. There's much going on behind the curtain. We don't know what all's going on. We don't know how God's going to answer our prayer. And you know what? Sometimes we hold up our own prayers. Sometimes he's trying to get our attention and we're out thinking it's everybody else's problem and he's trying to get our attention. And sometimes that will hold up the prayer for years because he's still working on us. You know that song that we sing as little children? He's still working on me. He's always working on us. So what happens after the waiting period? A suddenly comes. Suddenly. And this is what happened. Verse 14. Then the Spirit of the Lord come, came on Jehaziel, son of Zechariah. He was a Levite and a descendant of Asaph as he stood in the assembly. 
And now it's time to speak to King Jehoshaphat. There aren't any wor more words that are more powerful than hearing from God. We don't know how long they waited, but take notice they didn't go into battle without being in unity and fasting and prayer. Those are your keys right there. They didn't go into battle without being in unity. You ever try to go into battle and have everybody going all different directions? It has to be together, the battle. Soldiers have to look out for each other. We are soldiers in God's army and we are to pray for each other. We are to love one another. We are to be there for each other. We should never go into the battle without consulting the commander in chief. And eventually he's gonna lay out a plan of action. So verse 15, he says, this is the guy now, he, he is listening. He's heard from the Lord and he says, listen, King Jehoshaphat, and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army for the battle is not yours, but God's. The battle is not yours. The battle is not yours. It's God's. Don't be afraid or discouraged. The battle is not yours. God is using Jehaziel as his vessel to bring encouragement. And I guarantee you, anybody who's hearing from the Lord will bring encouragement, hope, and peace in the midst of a fearful situation. Not only does God bring encouragement, but Jehoshaphat now has instructions that bring him direction on what to do. So here's the instructions. Tomorrow, march down against them. They will be climbing up by the pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jerul. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance of the, that the Lord will give you, Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out and face them tomorrow and the Lord will be with you. Now, remember, the seventh step was to let go of what? Whys, hows, whats, whens, and wheres. Guess what? Here comes the answer. So, when is we will march down against them tomorrow? Where will they be? They will be climbing up the pass of Siz at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jerul. What shall we do? Take up your positions. Stand firm and watch the deliverance of the Lord. How will we fight them? The Lord will fight your battle. Why are we in this battle? It was a testing of King Jehoshaphat's faith that would lead to God showing himself strong. You ever take a test? I took tests when I was um, working towards being an insurance agent. I had all these tests that I had to take. I didn't like studying and, and it was boring to me. <laughs> I knew that's what I was supposed to do, but 
you know? And to think about a test made me nervous. <coughs> Am I gonna pass it, you know? Am I gonna get all these answers and I would review and review and review and review? Testing is hard, but God takes us through tests. He never tempts us, but he will test us. And he will take us through tests that are very difficult. But he promises that he'll be right there during that testing. The teacher never leaves the room when you take a test. The teacher's always there when you take a test. He's our teacher. And he's always there when we're going through a testing. Now King Jehoshaphat had all his answers. All those questions that he had. But you see, he could have gone out on his own. He could have decided, well, I'm going to go this way, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this over here, and, oh, yeah, we'll work this out. Let's get a plan here, guys. You know, we'll just work it all out. He didn't try to fix it. He didn't try to work it out. He didn't try to do anything but gather the people together, come in unity, seek the Lord as his vital need, fast and pray and wait. Now that's the message for today. Fast and pray and wait. So Jehoshaphat humbles himself before the Lord and he worships him. Now, remember about getting into position? He worships him. That's why I was so determined that the enemy was not going to stop our worship. He was not going to intervene, and that's what he tries to do, and I know that. But we looked to him, and we decided, no, we're going to sing, and God heard all of our voices, and he heard when we're in tune and when we're out of tune, but he didn't care. Because it was all about him. It was all about worshiping him and praising him and lifting his name up. That's where he wants us to be every day. And so, as you saw, we trusted him. We relied on him and we clung to him. And as you saw, we pushed forward. We pushed through. See, so many times we're ready to just sit down and just give up. And God doesn't want us to give up. He wants us to keep moving, to push through, to press on. And that's what Jehoshaphat did because they sat and they waited and they heard from the Lord. And then they had their instructions and they could go out and they could defeat the enemy. How are you going to defeat the enemy that's in your life right now if you don't spend time and make God your vital need? Make him the one that you're going to hear from. The Holy Spirit wants to talk to us, and he is talking to us all the time. We're just not always listening. We're busy. We're distracted. We're discouraged. We're in despair. We're not trusting. And what are we doing? Where's our focus? God loves us so much. And when I really grabbed a hold of the love that he has for me, 
and to really know who I am in the Lord. I spent some time with someone yesterday and they don't know who they are. They aren't grabbing a hold of that. That's what changed my life. And that's what changes your life. Because you are a child of Almighty God. You are His son and you are His daughters. That's who we are. And we hold on to God. And we trust Him. And so, Father, I thank you, Lord, that we can trust you, we can rely on you, and we can cling to you. And, Father, I pray that you remind us that when we try to work it out, we try to fix everything, we try to figure it out, God. Remind us. We can't. We can try all kinds of things, but we need to give it over to you. And then we can trust that you're going to give us all the answers that you know we need. And the ones that you know that we don't need, you hold. And you help us in that waiting period to become stronger in you, to be looked and focusing on you and not on the battle because the battle is all yours. Thank you, Father, that we can hand it over. In Jesus' name, amen.